Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are you feeling, sweet buddy? We're doing well, Brad. How are you? I'm great, man. Can I tell you why? Of course. I'm back to doing the Wordle, and I got it in two tries the other day. Oh. Do you Wordle? I don't. Do you want to talk about it? Sure. I started Wordling again. My daughter, my daughter wordles with grandma. Oh, like words with friends, but wordle with grandma. Sure. Have you wordled in the past? I've never actually done wordle. Um, feels like one of those things that would I fall into and do every day, which I think is what you're supposed to do. <laughs> That's the um, thing. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. How? So your first time back, you were you got two two guesses, which I believe is very good. It was a good day. It was a good, you know what happens, man, is there's, there's the days where you feel like the smartest person in the world. Oh yeah. And then there's days where you feel like you're a sack of rocks. Yeah. Yesterday. I don't know that there are many people in the United States of America, much smarter than me. That's a heck of a statement right there. I'm just saying, I'm just going to throw it out there. Matt, let me ask you this though, while we're on the topic of catching up, cause I haven't talked to you in a while. How was your Halloween? Halloween was good. Um, I don't, I dressed up and there's a funny story behind this. So. Talk to me. Talk to us. Use this as your therapy session. We went to my grandmother's 90th birthday party in the middle of September. Okay. Right? Went to Ohio, big reunion, et cetera. I, I wore pants, some nice khaki pants. As and I wore um, this button, not button down shirt, but the, the polo shirt with the short sleeves and a collar. Okay. And I walk out and my brother, who is 10 years younger than me, is literally giggling. Okay. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And he pulls up a photo of Forrest Gump <laughs> when he's running. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, I do look like Forrest. So all I had to buy was the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company hat. Dude, you should have told me I got one. Perfect costume. I could have helped you out. I got one. I was forced a couple years ago. So easy costume. Um, there was a, my daughter was a wolf because she partnered with her best friend who was Little Red Riding Hood. And oh, well, that a was Halloween at my household. Love it. I got to tell you, Team Biley, man. Yeah. We were the rebels. Oh. My little guy's 18 months old, so we had a little Bam Bam running around. <laughs> he knows he he has like this, inf it's not inflatable, it's like a plush bat. So we taught him how to be Bam Bam. Um, the cool little behind the scenes here, do you know, so my son's name is Bryce, as you know. Do you know Bryce Harper's nickname? Bam Bam. Bam Bam. People forget that. Yeah, so kind of cool. Uh, it wasn't intentional. I mean, my son's not named after Bryce Harper, but kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, we were the rebels. Well, hey, man, that's that's catching up with Brad and Matt. We didn't talk. Oh, we did talk about pants. There's this thing, man. We have this this, I don't know, way of just getting into just nonsense for a second. But what do you say? You want to get to the show? Friends, we got a special guest on today's episode. We have Sarah Chapa, president and founder of Staffies. Sarah, welcome to Insights. Thank you. I'm not even just excited. I'm like honored to be here. It's really like this 
halftime Super Bowl of staffing for me. I've obviously you guys know I'm a huge fan of the show and I've listened since you started every episode. Sarah, honestly, it's it's great to hear you say that, but we're lucky to have you. Um, you know, in talking with you over the last little bit, I mean, every now and again you'll share a comment on, you know, one of Matt or my LinkedIn posts or you drop in a message, have your own feedback on the show. Um, but it's great to have you finally on to share your insights with us from the founder and from sort of the owner perspective. Um, as we look at helping staffing and recruiting firms across the country, a lot of times, as you know, Matt and I talk about digital and recruitment marketing. I'm super excited to talk to you specifically to know what's working for you so that everyone listening can say, listen, I'm about to steal Sarah's playbook. Um, so I, I do have to ask though, before we get into the show, so you've been a huge fan of insights you've said since we've started. Is it because of Matt or me? It's a tough choice. It varies episode to episode. I'll say the political answer there. Um, but I really love like just the, for, when it started, just the camaraderie of what it brought. I mean, I was listening at the beginning of the pandemic and into the pandemic and just like having insights is, okay, we're not crazy. This is what people are doing. And I'm just grateful to have it. But I love your pants talk. I love your sports talk. <laughs> I will say like the beginning has actually, the beginning nonsense section has actually become some of my favorite parts sometimes as well. How about that? Yeah. You know, so there's times where we'll be in a, a production meeting or a conversation and, and and we think about scrapping parts like that or we don't know necessarily what to say. Um, it's good to have somebody say, you know what? I like the fact that you guys are just a couple of village idiots who don't know what to wear when you go out to a conference. Exactly. <laughs> it makes you personable and it's just like, okay, we live, breathe, and eat staffing, but we have a little break at the beginning before we get into it. Exactly right. So, so Sarah, we got to know, how'd you get into staffing? I was born into it. I'm kidding. I'm not. Um, no one ever, I feel like really, like that was your life goal when you are a small child. No one's like, I want to own a staffing agency. So how I got into it is really just by chance. I mean, I am a Texas girl born and raised. I went to school and college there. And really just even in college, I was recruiting for my college. So I would go to different high schools and represent the college. And I really loved the people aspect of it. And I knew that I liked the sales aspect, but I wanted to combine the sales and the people aspect of it. And so I did recruiting through higher education. I worked as a recruiter um, and then different stores and retail stores. I worked as a recruiter. Um, but really when I moved to Washington is when I got heavily into light industrial staffing, which is what I fell in love with. Um, I think it's so easy to go our day-to-day -day not thinking where these products come from and how they get to stores and just really how our country even operates. And so seeing where these things come from and how they're manufactured just to help our everyday lives was just incredible to me. And so, um, you know, I recognize an opportunity in the industry, though. I think so many times we have these amazing clients, but then when they would come in, I'd see our clients or another agency's clients. And, you know, we're just asking, can you lift 50 pounds and can you be there tomorrow? <laughs> and so there wasn't like a lot of personalization in the process to really represent that and translate that to the potential employee. And so that's kind of where I found that opportunity um, when I wanted to start Staffies was just based on how can we make this process more personalized, more personal, and really just get away from that fill and bill attitude. 
um, that's, you know, kind of been a stigma in staffing. And um, yeah, so that's kind of how I got started. And so that was 2020. And most people, when I tell them I started in 2020, say, oh, you poor thing, you started in the pandemic happened. I'm like, no, I was fully aware. It was like August 2020. <laughs> I like, jumped in. Um, and so, you know, it was so hard at first, which I'm sure we'll kind of get into, but that's kind of how I started was just to kind of go for it and put people first. That's always kind of been the idea. Matt, you eat, sleep and breathe employer branding. And I feel like everything Sarah's talking right now is, is right in your wheelhouse, right? Yeah. I wanted to jump right in, go off script and try to figure out, you know, what are you doing, Sarah, to, to make it not just be fill and bill? Because that's easy to say. It's not easy to do. I like we do work with a lot of staffing companies in the country and it's, oh, our process is different. Our people are different. Great to say, what do you do that's actually different? Because I know it's a passion of yours. It is hard. I mean, when I think about why it's hard, it's when you have 10 open orders, it's easy to not look at Google reviews and think about Google reviews. And when you need clients as soon as possible, it's easy to not build relationship and like understand that rapport matters. But I think it started from the beginning. Like why I wanted to start it was a personalized touch and staffing. And that's really kind of been our North Star. So that combined with our values and every decision that we do here, whether it be with a client employee or our internal team has really focused on that. Um, and so no matter what, like we come from a place of there, I think something that makes me different at the beginning of the process is that we only take clients that align with those values. And in my first year, like I think I even thought I was crazy myself, not taking every business that came my way, right? When you're struggling and you're starting out, but I just have always stayed true to like, if they don't see the value in us and they don't see us as a partnership, they just see us as a transaction. They want to know what our rate is right out the gate. Like that's not who we want to partner with because we can have the best culture internally. We can have the best candidate experience, but if we're sending them to somewhere that doesn't add up with that, it's going to end there. Right. And that's how they're going to view us too. Right now, the calls that I'm a part of, the meetings that I'm a part of, it is so hard to close a new job order. I love that you still have the courage to say, listen, this isn't a right fit for us, even though, and I'm not saying it's, it's a hard time for you right now. I don't want to put those words in your mouth. But in the conversations I'm a part of, even if it is very hard to close a job order right now, still having the courage to say, listen, we need to stay true to who we are and what our vision is. And, and most importantly, our North Star, I love that you have the courage to do that. And I think more staffing firms need to have that courage. Yes. I mean, and I think when I think back, like a lot of it comes from recruiters having the like feeling comfortable enough to do that. And so one thing internally, I think that also makes us different is recruiters here. Yes, we go over metrics, we go over numbers, but they know that it's bigger than what just sending hours is, right? It's quality. It's not just your quantity. And so many times in staffing before staffies, I would see, you know, your options are to get yelled at or in trouble, right? If you don't fill your order um, or you like take your time and get someone great, but then you also might get in trouble, right? So like you don't have any options except like someone who you know thought a good fit may look really good if you don't have anyone else. So we've always just encouraged like them to have this um, individual 
ownership of, you know, this is a representation of me as a recruiter, staffies as a company. Um, and if that means that we are honest with the client, I mean, there's times where we'll say we don't have anyone and we're not going to waste your time. Give us a few more days or, you know, feedback of like the pay rate, giving them additional information. But, um, you know, we're always going to be transparent and honest. Another thing that I think it makes us a lot different, what clients tell me from feedback. It takes it from a transactional business to more intentional, more value driven, really the value of staffing, putting great people to work and great opportunities. Right. And that's what we say day after day. That's why this industry is so great. You're living that though. It's not just a transactional, I have this order, I need to put whoever fits kind of into that order and into that role, it has to fit. And I love everything about that. Sarah, I got to ask you, when you think about your business right now, what's the biggest challenge for you? Is it finding candidates or is it finding clients? I would definitely say finding clients right now. I think Matt hit the nail on the head with everyone saying it. Everyone is saying, we're different, we personalize, we can do this for you, but are you showing up when you get your foot in the door? And to me, that's been the biggest challenge recently is everyone's out looking for orders. And so clients already have this perception of agencies, right? Most people door knock, they go to warehouses, warehouse to warehouse, trying to say, you got any orders for me? Uh, but now it's out in full force. So it's harder than it's ever been, I think, sales-wise um, with urgency. And so I'm really grateful that one, we have really good client relationships because those people are going to stick with you through the tough times if you built that rapport early um, and you do what you say you're going to do. Uh, but two, that we've always done just rapport building is sales. We're not going to go and knock on your door and make it like used car salesy and awkward. Like we really get to know people. And if they don't need staffing right now, like I still want to get to know them and have a relationship and learn about their company. And so I think when the market opens up a little bit more, you're going to be the first one that they think about. But yeah, it's definitely tough, I would say, on the client side right now. Um, most people aren't hiring is what we're seeing. Or if they're hiring, they're doing it at such a slow pace that they can kind of absorb that work right now. And thinking through speed to fill um, and thinking through having the right partnerships and thinking through not just going door to door in showing up with another set of donuts and saying, hey, I want your business. I mean, Matt and I have talked on this show dozens of times and saying, listen, without a relationship, you have nothing. Without a relationship, even if you have a client, you have nothing. Because when they think to cut staffing, you are just a vendor to them. You're not a partner. You're not a trusted advisor. You're just somebody who can show up with a temp when you need it, right? So without that relationship, you are nothing. And and Sarah, you know, we've said it dozens of times. I love that you're here to now say it, to speak at an owner to owner level with other people. Um, I can't say it enough. Without relationships, you have nothing. And especially in our industry, which is so relationship driven, everything you need to do needs to reinforce those relationships. So you mentioned that it's tough to find clients and, and that's no news to the show. That's no news to our industry. What are you doing maybe different right now to try to drive some new business for staffies? Well, I never stopped. <laughs> so I think that's a huge part is it's it's usually like feast or famine in the sales in part of staffing, right? I think that people get comfortable in 2021 was huge. 2022 was pretty good, right? So people got kind of comfortable getting orders, 
really at their doorstep. And there wasn't a lot of that like slow rapport building. Um, whereas even you guys talk about on the show, it takes sometimes seven to nine touches to get someone to even give you an idea. And so what my tactic is, and I know I want to preface with that a lot of my team was like, you're going to give our secrets away. But I'm truly just have always believed like Martha Stewart has a cookbook, right? Rachel Ray has a cookbook. Like just because we give a recipe doesn't mean they can do it specifically like us. So um, I think what I do and what we kind of do as a team that's a little bit different is we hone in on who we want to partner with based on values, based on their reputation, based on their pay rates and the opportunity in their industry. And so rather than having like this list of a hundred people and kind of just going through and maybe touching them once every six months when I really need to order, we will focus on like 15 to 20 clients that we really, really want to partner with and get to know them as people. Um, you guys had a really good episode a while back about like, um, like giving gift cards and things like that, that weren't even pertinent to the person. And so we really take the time to get to know them and don't make it just about the sale, make it about the relationship and get to know their company. I mean, everyone's need is different, right? There's reasons why they need people, but it may be pay rate and maybe schedule and maybe location. And so until we get to know them as people, like we're not really going to be able to help them. Right. So it's really about getting to know them. And I think just, focusing on those 15 to 20 clients rather than spraying and praying everywhere. I, I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Yeah. Matt and I are, are fully in your corner. I don't want to speak for Matt, but I'm going to. We're, we're fully on board with that methodology, right? And I think the, the biggest challenge is the majority of the industry is spraying and praying. They're hoping. They're sending out a thousand postcards, hoping somebody gives them a call or they're, they're you know, hey, I made a Facebook post, so hopefully we get a client from it. Lasering in on the 15 companies and Sarah, you said it perfectly, the 15 companies you want to partner with, not 15 companies you want to work with, not 15 companies who you think you could send temps to, 15 companies that you want to partner with and having such a conscious effort of saying, listen, you're right for us and here's why. And we're right for you because here's why. Love everything about that. Also, I am a thousand percent stealing the Martha Stewart analogy. As someone who loves a good analogy, you can't replicate the recipe out of a cookbook just because you're reading it. You can try your absolute best, but there's always something you miss or you leave out on. And and please don't hesitate to share more of your ideas uh, because like you said, you can share the playbook, but it, it's up to the individual listening to actually implement, execute, and then scale it up. Matt, big takeaways from that, that run, huh? Really good takeaways. Um, love the recipe analogy. It's, you know, Haley Marketing's given away the playbook for years and some people can't believe it. That you would, I mean, you've told me this before, but it's been a while ago. You're like somebody you knew, or you're like, you tell everybody what you do or how to do your job, and then you expect them to work with you. Like, yeah, we do. Um, and it works. So that's some great takeaways. And I wanna I wanna keep going with you know how Staff Ease has grown, Sarah. And just one thing I, I love about your personal LinkedIn content is you're not afraid to share when it's tough. So and I'm sure staffing ease are struggling right now. This is quarter four, 2023 industry is down. Not saying you guys are down. I'm sure you're, you're battling and grinding like, like anyone, but how do you keep your team focused? How do you keep grinding through these tough times? Like, how do you keep towards that North star? Like, how do you do that at staff East to make sure you don't just throw in the towel and say, say we're done here. Like what's, what's working well with your company right now to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think that it's has to be top of mind every day. 
And I think like we've built an idea of like consistency. And so when the tough times do come, like we already have the mindset of like, this is what we do. We're going to be okay. Like we're going to, a big thing that we always say is like, we're going to keep the ball rolling in the direction. Like it may be fast, it may be slow, but it's always, we're all have our hands on the ball going towards the same place. Um, so we do a morning meeting here every morning, but we don't just talk about open orders. We talk about quotes that you might resonate with. We'll talk about like how we're feeling personally. And so I think that that just kind of helps us lean on each other um, because recruiting is hard. I mean, I tell people this when I interview them for a recruiting position, it's like, it's going to be hard. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. It's the hardest thing anyone here will tell you, but it can be super rewarding. You have to get past that, um, that hill though. Um, and so I think that that's, you know, keeping that top of mind with the positivity is a huge thing. Um, also just, letting them know it's not just recruiting. You know, some people look at the ads and they're like, well, we didn't get any applications, right? We, we've called everyone, but it's recruiting is not just that. And so instilling in recruiters, like we can build our brand too. It's not just always about like the open orders when the open orders may not be there, right? But we can be asking for Google reviews. We can be coming up with Facebook or Instagram posts. We can be sending out personalized postcards and thank you notes to clients or people who have worked with us in the past. And so there's always something you can do to like move the brand forward, even if you don't have those open orders right away. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop onto two of those waves. The first is thank you notes. I I cannot be a bigger advocate for a thank you note. I actually I just pulled five out this morning that I wanted to send by the end of the week. Um, there is nothing to me that screams I was thinking of you like a handwritten thank you note. And it doesn't have to be something long. It doesn't have to be a lot of words. It doesn't have to even be written well, right? Like I I can't write well. My handwriting stinks, but. When you receive a thank you note and and you have that thought of like, wow, they didn't have to do that for me, it, it sort of changes the game and it changes the landscape. It's so easy for me to email Matt and be like, hey, bud, thanks. That's so easy to do. But for me to take the time to write a note to a client, to a, even a prospect, hey, thanks for taking the time to chat the other day. I truly believe that we could form a great partnership and we could truly help you out. Have that time to write that thank you note goes such, such a long way. Uh, so I can't speak more highly of that. And then what I love that your team's doing is you're building the brand along the way, not only for staffies, but also for the individual. And what we've seen day after day is that the organizations that pay attention to that personal branding along with the organizational branding are the ones who come out stronger on the other end. And yes, you might not be closing an order today, but when somebody says, you know what, I need a temp or I need somebody to help run this machine. They know to call you instead of your local competition because you're so top of mind with them. Um, so I, I can't speak more highly of either of those tactics. Great question, Matt. Sarah, I got to ask. So we looked at your website, prepping for the show. One client that you're working with is ComC. One, I got to know how that came to be. I'm a huge, huge sports card collector, as we've talked about on the show before. So the first, let's talk about one how do, how do we get that order? How do we get that deal? And, and walk yeah, us through a little bit so of the partnership. I am also an avid collector, mostly baseball, but have been in it, awesome. grew up around it. And so I'm glad that you asked this question because I was hoping to get to kind of tell this story um, because insights, I think, helped with the mindset behind it for sure. Uh, so um, and it was episode four. I went back and looked it up. I was like, I know there was this defining moment. There was like the survival of staffies depended on it. 
And it was called Do More With Less, I remember is the title. And so check out my cards or ComC. Yes, we are super fortunate to be their exclusive hiring partner. It's been like that for a little over two years now. Um, but how I got them is actually a funny story. So I, just a little bit of context, had when I started Staffies, I'm privately owned, so it's not a franchise model. You know, everything I've done from the beginning has been really just me and my team um, building. So I had set aside enough to hopefully, I got started in August and like, I can for sure get a client by December, right? Into December. Mid-December, I have nothing. And so I'm just like thinking, what am I doing? And I'd been going warehouse to warehouse, doing what everyone else is doing, right? And I thought about our North Star, a personalized touch and staffing. And I'm like, this isn't personalized. Like I'm not living my truth, right? When I'm telling you to be personalized, we're different. But then I'm going to you, your neighbor, your neighbor's neighbor, everyone on the street. <laughs> so I remember this defining moment where I was just in my office, like super frustrated. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to be, what's authentic to me? What's a way that I can sell that's me? And that's kind of where my idea came up with like, I'm going to pick five companies that I resonate with that I want to partner with that have values or like a great family history, whatever it may be, but a reason I gravitate towards them. And I'm just probably also the most low cost marketing idea, but I'm just going to write them a letter. And so I sat and looked at warehouses and different manufacturing plants around my area. Uh, and Comsi was one of them. And what they did was super different to me, but also um, what they've like been able to accomplish was amazing to me. And so I sat and I wrote that letter and just told their founder, Tim, I was like, you know, I know that you don't know me, but if you give me a shot, like I'm not going to let you down. Right. And I told him like, I admire that you built this since 2005, 2008. And um, I also am a collector. And so I told him like my first job was literally at a flea market with my uncle watching his stand, which thinking back, I'm like, what would an 11 year old done if someone stole all of our trading cards? But, um, you know, I've been around it since I was little. And so it's, he wrote back. Everyone actually that I sent those letters to wrote back. Wrote now, back. Did they all used that? Yes, they emailed back. Okay. Yes. Emailed back. Yes. And so, um, you know, I think that that really was a defining moment for me overall, because I thought like, this does work. Like people want to be like this personalized process that I'm doing simple letter, like people that want to be noticed and they want to know that if you're asking for their business, like you took that time and effort to get to know them. Um, and so Tim emailed back um, and it just so happened that they, as you guys know, if you're in the hobby, the hobby went through a huge burst in 2020. And so they had just, or were moving into a 200,000 square foot warehouse and um, needed 150 to 200 people. And so my first meeting with Tim, we always laugh about this still, it was at a mall food court at the hobby show, okay. <laughs> like the local porn show. And yeah. we met up at the food court um, and he still asked because he, the first thing was like, he tried to get me to work there. And I was like, mm, but I have my own thing, you know? Um, and so we just kind of partnered together. And what I loved about it is they've always given us like the creativity to help them with the process and the recruiting process and seen us as a partner. Um, and so it was a different deal. Also, I will say that when people heard the deal that we had were like, that doesn't make sense. You could have 
20, you're, you're spending so much time with them. Right. But to me, it was like, that's what I want to do. I want to build this relationship. I want to learn from them. And so we did more like a retainer at the beginning. So it was like a monthly contract. Um, and so really just partner with them. I was on site two days. We would go to the card shows and represent them. Um, we helped at orientation and really just got them to where they needed to be with their new building. And I think sometimes also people are like, you put yourself out of a job because there was times once we filled that 150, 200 people that they said, okay, we're going to you know see how this shakes out. We'll let you know, but they come back to us and it's been a partnership ever since. And so it just also strengthened that idea that if you do right and do what you say you're going to do, yes, you may not always have 50 open orders, but there's a reason, right? You're doing a good job. And when they need more people, they're always going to think about you. Um, and so we're just super fortunate to have that. Um, and it's just so different to work there. So it's also what I love about it. I love everything about that case study. Thinking through what am I interested in? What are my passions? What is our North Star? And how can I find the ideal company that embodies that North Star? Love everything about that. Pairing that with just raw opportunity of the hobby is exploding in 2020 because everyone's getting stimulus checks and we have extra money to spend and the hobby is just absolutely taking off. Um, I'll be honest, that's really, really when I got into it still active and, and was active before, but that's when the, the hobby just exploded. Understanding that though, understanding, hey, there's opportunity here. Now's probably a great time to reach out to these guys. Fantastic. And just having the courage to say, listen, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to lay it all on the line because we are the right fit for this company. There is nobody else who should be hiring for ComC than us. Absolutely love everything about it. What I also very much love that I don't know of many companies that are doing, you're proud to say you work with them and you show it on your website. You're talking about it on insights. You talk about it frequently. There are so many companies that Matt and I talk to on a daily basis who won't even tell us who are working on the project who their client is. How can we do marketing for you if we don't know who you're currently working with? If you hold that so close that you think someone's going to steal your business just because they know the name, that is a problem. And Sarah, what I love is you're, you're living what Matt and I have always said of when you have a true partnership, it's like a relationship, right? That person's not just going to leave. You have years, you have experience, you have a partnership and a relationship with this organization. There's more than just a transactional, we need a temp, send us a temp. It's a partnership. So everything about that story, I love. Matt, any takeaways from you, man? I got to let you talk there. I feel like I was on Shark Tank and Sarah's talking about how she's running out of money. It's the end. I mean, it's December. So I didn't know if you, you know, how close you were to maybe closing doors, but you, you went, you, you went back to the North Star, you figured it out and now you're here three years later, successful. So that's what I, I had this weird kind of just compare, you know, analogy like i felt like i was sitting there watching someone say i was i was almost done i was going to close the doors it was the pandemic december holidays 2020 were very tough on people personally because they couldn't spend it with each other it was a tough time and you went back to why you founded the business and it got you that business which i'm sure you're working with them now three years later which means you promised and you delivered which was also another takeaway i heard 
and now it's helped you grow. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And I love what you guys said about the secret part of like who your clients are, because it was something when I got into staffing, I was like, what, what, why? Like, what, what's the big, like, I mean, you would think that you need national security clearance sometimes for people to tell you, you know, who their clients are. And I, and I understand, you know, the sales aspect of it, but to me, it was like, you should be proud of these clients, you know, and how are you going to be able to translate to a potential employee for them? When you can't even tell them your name, where the general area um, and things like that. And so, yeah, one thing that's really important to us um, is to share the client and also to share the client how your job's going to look when you get there, the culture, the history. Um, and so we even go as far as like we go to sites and shoot videos. So we have a client where when people come in, they're able to see their specific department they're going to be working at. And we've done media day there and taken photos and um, we've done client or uh, employee testimonials. Um, and so I think by having like all of those put together makes the employee feel more comfortable and you you almost get a different caliber of employee than just the general temp worker, right? Someone who feels more comfortable in what they're doing and even might give a two weeks notice for this opportunity that's temporary to permanent. And so I'm glad you guys brought that up with just how secret sometimes staffing can be. But to me, I say, hey, here's who they are. And if we're not doing that job and they go with someone else, then then that's on us for not doing our job. But it's actually pretty funny because most clients are so loyal. Like they'll even email me and be like, hey, have you heard of this person? Yeah, they were trying to get us and how interesting. And so they're like loyal to a different level. They're actually like backwards telling us what they did, what the, what our competition did. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, I'm very, very just honored that it's that kind of relationship with our clients. You know, what's interesting now that you say that is I have a client that I've worked with for over 10 years. Uh, my first client at Haley's still with us. Actually just had a coffee with her last week. Uh, they're from outside of the Buffalo area, but she was in town and we met up for some coffee. And um, she will send me things probably every other week saying, hey, somebody's reaching out about our SEO or someone's reaching out about social or Google reviews. But, and and I'm, I'm not going to name names, but if she's listening, I, I appreciate these emails because one, it gives me insight into what other people are doing. I want to keep on my toes and know what's going on. But two, Sarah, exactly like you said, it speaks to the relationship that I have with that individual. It's not all of a sudden like, hey, somebody else is mentioning this. I'm going to run away. It's, hey, Brad, they're mentioning this. Is this one something we should look into? Two, if it is, should we do it? Can you do it? And there's a conversation about it, right? And, And that's where, Sarah, where I think you're doing everything right is it's partnerships over transaction. And if you just had a transactional relationship with that client or with that individual, then yes, whenever something shows up that's bright and shiny, they're going to leave. But if you have a partnership and there's a reason to stay, then there's a reason to stay. And that's exactly what we're seeing here. Matt, I love that show. Sarah, anything else for us before we let you go? The biggest takeaway when I think about like what I've taken from the show, I think unofficially it's definitely like hope. I think for a lot of agency owners, recruiters, like it can get in a pretty dark space, like just depending on how the industry is. And insights has always been like that little platform that you can stand on and just get ideas. And I mean, I've left you guys a review and told you this story, but when I didn't have any clients, I would go and open at 7am and I would every 
week when the episode would come out, I'd get my little coffee and I'd sit there and I'd take little notes. And so I think it's just been such a great foundation, especially when I was starting to really say like, okay, I'm not crazy. I'm going to play this long game. I'm going to focus on my brand and it is going to matter sometime. And I think now that the industry's flipped, people are realizing that there was a lot of episodes in 2022 when you guys would say it's easy right now, but it's not going to always be easy. Right. And so you got to keep building that brand. Um, and so branding is the biggest thing I've taken. Um, Google reviews have been huge and something we focus on. Uh, we actually proud to say have five stars and over a hundred reviews and we've never done any kind of contest. We've never incentivized it monetarily. These are all just people who, have a good experience and we asked to share that. And so I think that that's helped us get clients, you know, on that side, but also help build that trust with potential employees to say, you know, people call in and they'll say, yeah, I looked at you guys on Google and you guys look like the ones to work with. People want to work with you and they're saying good things online. Um, and so that's been like my huge takeaway from you guys. And I'm grateful to have the show and especially to have had it like at the beginning of when I started. I can't thank you enough for saying that. I'll be honest, sometimes, and, and maybe this is me opening up to listeners a little bit, but there's times where it's just Matt and I talking into microphones, right? And we don't know, we get numbers, right? We have we have raw data of listens and things like that, but to actually hear it firsthand from someone like yourself or at a conference or someone calls up and they talk to our sales team and they say, listen, I'm calling because we, we've been listening to the show. It stops me in my tracks every time. We actually started on our side of things, uh, we call it a screenshot awesomeness folder, um, and it's somebody that I learned, uh, Brian Fanzo used to do it. Whenever somebody says something about you, you screenshot it and you save it in the folder because in December, you forget about the positivity that you got in January or February, right? We save all of that because comments like that um, keep me going. And, and I'll be completely honest with you. So I, I appreciate you saying that very, very much. Of course. And just to kind of leave listeners with one big thing to take away yeah. from my experience, I think thus far. Give us the soundbite we need to advertise the show. Hit us with it. Be yourself. Like, be authentic. Don't be what you think clients want you to be. Don't be what national huge agency brands are doing. Like, be what you are, right? And, like, use that as your North Star. And remember your why every day. And let it translate through your internal employees, your external employees, and then also your clients as well. So it's not just about this fill-and-bill attitude what we do matters and these are people and just be authentic and be you. And if you aren't, people can sniff it out. So full, full agree. She's Sarah Chapa, the founder and owner of Staffies. Sarah, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, if they want to learn more about your organization, where should they go? Yeah, of course. So you can email me at Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at staffies.com. Um, and also I'm on LinkedIn as well. So I'm pretty active on there. Can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your insights with us. Uh, we knew it was going to be a good one. Matt and I talked about it. We said, we know this is going to be a good one, but Sarah, you, you lived up to the hype and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. If you have a question for us, you could tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at haleymarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out haleymarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. And be sure you tell them that insight set you. 
It's my podcast partner, Matt Lozar. For our guest this week, Sarah Chapa. this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.